This is the Mediocre Gaming Super Friends Committee. I'm Pugs McGee. You can follow me on Twitch at The Good, The Bad, The Pugly. Follow our Facebook group. And enjoy the show. All right, it's episode six. That's right. The one that comes after five. <laughs> Duh. Today, I'm here with Knights of Knee. Hello. Warhound. Hi. And Lunchbox. What's up? We used to call him Snack Pack, but then he got fat again, so now he's Lunchbox again. <laughs> he's not actually fat, but whatever. Anyway, today we're going to start off with some gaming news. And uh, I'm sure this is no surprise to anybody, but uh, City Project Red is getting sued by their investors because of how uh, the launch for Cyberpunk went. What do you guys think about that? I mean, it sounds like Fallout 76 all over again. Agreed. I mean, it sounds like it's worse than Fallout 76. It is. I think it's mostly worse just because of the scale. I mean, Fallout 76 didn't get their game pulled off the PlayStation Store. Let's just put it that way. Did they get sued? Oh, they absolutely got sued for sure. For the same reason, and I. But I think it was a. I don't think it was their investors. It was some. Uh, like Maglacio and Rafi or some whatever the name of the wall group is. And I think out of L.A. And they were suing on behalf of the customers, not the investors. See, I thought the big deal was, or well, I mean, aside from the state of the game, that there was supposed to be like a canvas bag, but it wasn't made out of canvas or something like that. Well, they added that to the lawsuit afterwards. So basically... Yeah, a friend of mine got that, and he was like, what is this? Exactly. (laughs) So they ordered the canvas bag, and then it turns out, that at least according to the company that they ran out of materials and so they gave everyone nylon bags so they i mean they added that onto the lawsuit as well yes mm-hmm. but originally it was for the state of the game so it's kind of the same thing but cd project red is this game is was of a bigger scale i think it had similar hype though i mean remember before fallout 76 came out everyone was hyped for it so I think it's a similar situation, but it's, it's funny because. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean. No, 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 you're good. Go ahead. It's funny because um, my friends from my Final Fantasy Guild and I, we watched the show where they announced Fallout seventy six, and we were all like, "This is not going to be a good game." <laughs> <laughs> like literally, we were like, "Why would you do this?" Yeah, I like think the way they're describing everything, it was just like, yeah, this is not good. I think the hype for Fallout seventy six was a lot because, uh, like, Fallout has the series behind it, right? Yeah, that's true. With yeah. Cyberpunk, everyone's just hyped because it looked like a badass game. Well, let's be honest. Um, Bethesda was pretty good about making games before Fallout seventy six. I mean, they had bugs, but I mean, the games were still really good. Yeah, that's so true. So I think a lot of people were just really trusting of them. Because, I mean, they had a really good track record for a really long time. So mm-hmm. I guess that helped people get more excited for Fallout 76. And then when it came out, it was just like... Yeah. Like, literally. I heard it's gotten a lot better now. Because we live in the age of, you know, we're sorry, we'll fix it. Yeah. <laughs> Ish. Yeah, but, but but you know, Cyberpunk doesn't get that that, uh, that 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 
That's because that, that benefit of the doubt. That's because they hyped the hell out of it back, and people put their faith in, it and they didn't realize that, that this could have happened, and it did happen. Yeah, well, like I said last time, I, the biggest the biggest thing for me is the fact that they delayed the game over a year based on the fact that they didn't want to put out a broken game. Well, I mean, and then, and then they did it anyway. Fallout seventy six was super hyped. No Man's Sky was super hyped. Final Fantasy fourteen was super hyped. All these games and they're being complete crap until they fix them. And now they're all good. Don't get me wrong. Like especially Final Fantasy. Like holy crap, game, <laughs> game's fucking fantastic. No Man's Sky is really good now. Fallout seventy six. Uh, I kind of want to play it more and see for myself. But I heard it's. I heard it's gotten a lot better now. Honestly, I, I think it's it almost makes that worse because, you know, how many games in the last even five years have come out and just been broken? I did. have just been unplayable messes. It's because the, we live in the digital age. Back in the old days, you know, you would get the game and that was it. Like there was no way for them to fix it after the fact. Mm-hmm. Now we live in the digital age. They could just do a day one update or a week four update or whatever the fuck. So it doesn't yeah. fix it after the fact. Mm-hmm. So now yeah. they can, you know, meet their deadlines and whatnot and push the games out. Right, right. right. Along along what Knights was saying, is it's like getting pushed. You know what I mean? The first time you get shoved, you're gonna be like, hey man. But you know, yeah. the more times you get shoved, I the harsher that, you're gonna react. Yeah. Right? I think the consumer is just disenfranchised with a, with this you know they were hoping that the game that had been in development for eight years was going to be the one that's different and it wasn't you know because oh okay but that's the game being buggy okay well you know no one no one's shocked by that i mean maybe they were shocked by the scale of it but it's kind of not shocking you know uh yeah final fantasy 14 a new mmo like it's kind of it's it's MMOs are in a weird state sometimes. Like you know, again, it wasn't it was like people were hopping on that game in like the tens of millions at, at the start either. So, but this game, I mean, especially yes, it also has the problem of being during the quarantine too. So, how many more people are sitting at home waiting for Cyberpunk to come out? Mm-hmm. So I think it was just a perfect storm of. It came after Not to all these how other many games people are and... waiting for something to get angry about. That's also true. I mean, yeah, you always <laughs> got those. That's, that's Everyone's sitting around in quarantine true. looking for something to get mad about. And you CD are. Project Red just provided a source. Yeah. Just trolling Facebook and Very Twitter for no reason. Yeah. We don't know anybody like that. <laughs> <laughs> but. <clears throat> Yeah, I think it was just an unfortunate, perfect storm of. And, and, you know, the other thing is like. When your company is getting, when your people are getting death threats and stuff for delaying your game, like, I'm going to go back to kind of repeat myself in the last podcast, but at, at some point, the consumer is also partly at fault. Like, you're. Oh, no, I completely agree. You're, you're sending death threats over a video game? Like, come on, dude. Like, I, it's... like Warhound didn't like Last of Us 2, but did you send death threats to the developers? <laughs> no. Exactly. <laughs> not that we like know. Uh, yeah, yeah, not right. that he's going to admit to. <laughs> I should have. Stop it. No, no, no. But you know, it, that's this is the fucking world we live in, though. You know, 
So to me, it's like, it's it, again, it's a partial blame on everybody. It was a lot of people at fault for this, I think. Yeah, I chalk it up to visual age. But anyway, we got more news to talk about. Not, not, not anything too big. Well, this one's a little bit interesting. <clears throat> Star Citizen has earned like $340 million now from their Kickstarter crap. And I'm just baffled as to why people keep giving this game money when it's like basically never going to come out. <laughs> I think I don't know how long it's going to now, but I know it's been a long time. And that is an absurd amount of money. I mean, how else are you supposed to buy a, a small nation? <laughs> so what is this You're game supposed to be? It's supposed to be. It's like uh, it's supposed to be crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's supposed to be. Uh, I'm not a hundred percent familiar with it. Like I've read about it, but honestly, it's been so long since this was supposed to be a thing that I'm kind of forgetting some of the details. But I know it's like, you know, setting is in space and. It's supposed to be like this big space exploration, kind of like how No Man's Sky was, but I mean, it's supposed to be like on a much bigger scale or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to have this it, epic story uh, and amazing graphics and all this other stuff. It was supposed to, like, they, I remember reading about it because I also wanted Elder Scrolls, or not Elder Scrolls, but I wanted that game to come out for a long time. Um, they said it's supposed to be it bigger than No Man's Sky, but also feel like a Mass Effect game inside of its gameplay. <clears throat> That's just what I heard. Yeah. Like open world if, Mass if, Effect, basically. Yeah. If there's not a lawsuit somewhere in there by the end of this, I will be surprised. Because they've taken a lot of money, and to me, it just doesn't seem like the game's ever going to happen. Like, it's never going to come out. I think technically it's playable. Like people have been playing it, really, in pieces or something like that. I think only on PC and it's been betas. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I mean, they do get away with the whole early access thing, where games stay as a beta for like the complete. Like Minecraft, I don't think ever left beta phase until Microsoft bought it. Yeah. So there's that. Very true. Yeah, well, I was gonna say, wasn't Fortnite beta forever? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean. You know, that's just another byproduct of the digital age, right? But I'm I'm kind of okay. Okay, I'm kind of okay with early access in a way because a it's early access, so you know what you're getting. Like you know, if you're if you're learned, like if you're not stupid, you know what that means as far as the state of a game is going to be. And the reason why I like it is because you know I can get my hands on it faster. You know what I mean? So. I'll, you know, for certain games, like, I remember playing Ark and PUBG when they were early access. And, you know, I mean, they were buggy and stuff like that. But, I mean, I enjoyed them still. So, for me, I guess, the whole early access stigma doesn't really bother me because I just want to play the crap, you know? Yeah, that's fair. But at some point, they need to put the game out, you know what I mean, and polish it and all this mm-hmm. other stuff. Yeah. It's like it's like they're afraid to like finalize the shit or something. I don't know. Probably are. So. Yeah, I think the last I think the last thing I bought early access was Bannerlord Two, which which I was super hyped for because I was a big fan of the original and then Warband and the Napoleon DLC. Oh God, those are. 
those are the days. <laughs> oh my god, I had so much fun with that. Um, and honestly, like, it's not even that bad. It's just you know, obviously, you're in early access, it's, it's lacking content and all that. But the gameplay itself is solid. So you know, it is a buggy, yes. But again, we're buying it in early. Access. It's just like you said, if you know what you're getting yourself into, yeah, I've I've sunk probably like 200 hours into it now and nice. yeah it's been fun so like is it perfect no is it a perfect system no but it gives people options so you know if you really aren't if you really don't like early access don't buy it it's that simple you know yeah well, i mean you know it gives an opportunity for people to get their hands on it right early, and that also helps the developers too because it's almost like you know having a Q&A on top of that. Right, but... right. You're constantly getting feedback. And not only that, if you're someone who's on the fence about buying something, then the people who do spend the money and get the early access are kind of your, I guess, guinea pigs in that sense, where, okay, you can look back and they, and you'll know whether the game is unplayable or bad or et cetera, et cetera, or good. You should get it because people are going to have played it. And they're going to – so you don't necessarily have to take the risk. Right. So, you know, tit for tat, you know. Yeah. But 300 so something okay. million dollars? Like, uh, 340. I'm pretty sure you can buy, like, a, a Central African nation with that. Like, that's <laughs> that's crazy. It's unnecessary. It's a yeah. lot of money for a game. Yeah. And <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's like I said, I, I just, if this game ever actually comes out. And if there's not some kind of lawsuit involved, I will be damn surprised. So it's gonna be the uh, right. food fight of video game history. <laughs> In other news, Atlas is teasing stuff for Persona Anniversary, and this is one of my favorite series because it's a turn-based dungeon crawler RPG and the plot is always really out there and it's really fun um there have been rumors for a while that they're going to bring like a collection of the games to the N- Nintendo Switch and obviously if they're bringing it to the Switch it'll probably end up everywhere so i'm pretty happy about that i hope that's what they're teasing uh one of their other games that just came out uh last year uh 13 Sentinels Aegis Rift. That's a pretty cool game. I got it recently and uh I'm enjoying it. Uh it's sold it's sold 300,000 copies now, so that's pretty good for a a little niche game like that. That's also done by them, so that's that's cool for them. Uh Final Fantasy 14 producer uh Naoki Yoshida has been teasing the next expansion for that and if they follow suit it will be hearing about that in the next couple of months so that's exciting to me personally because i'm a huge fan uh, i'm a i'm a new fan <laughs> yeah we're gonna talk about that now actually let's let's dive into we're gonna talk about final fantasy 14 and uh we talked about it some last time but um you know, Lunchbox here actually went ahead and pursued his newfound interest in it, and he's been playing it, and everyone else has been playing it. So now we're kind of just going to talk about how everybody feels about it now that they've really 
gone all the way in on it? Um, uh, first off, uh, I need to mount badly. <laughs> this this running. Is... <laughs> hey man, you gotta do Dude, the quest. If you had any idea quest, how many times I've heard that in the last couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Yeah, no. Um, I mean the the general atmosphere of the game. Uh, I'm really enjoying uh, the the scenery, the you know all, all of it, the stories. Um, the only my only complaint really is that the uh, all the side quests are text. I'd rather it was more more immersive. Like I like the I I'm really a fan of the cutscenes where there's uh, talking where they like all the characters mm. you know the characters have voices and whatever. I like mm. that a little bit more, but. I mean that's minor on the grand scheme of things. How are you liking um, the gameplay, like tanking and learning how to do that? Um, I'm getting there. I've only done the one dungeon with you guys, so I mean I haven't had a lot of experience being a tank for other people. Right. But uh, yeah, it's definitely. I mean the game gameplay was hard to get used to with the hot bars and stuff at first, but once I got used to it. It's it's pretty pretty natural now. That's good. What about you, uh, Stephen? How you how you liking it? I mean, I haven't had this much fun with an MMO probably since Guild Wars Two. Oh, Guild Wars Two. Now, now that's a whole another thing. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> honestly, it's just I've always gravitated towards magic. That's that's my thing. You know, and I I played ESO, I played World of Warcraft, I played this now, obviously, Gold Wars 2. Um, and this is honestly a, a lot more satisfying than I thought it would be with Magic. Now, it's it, it still has that Final Fantasy feel, which generally has, has done Magic well. Um, but you actually feel a little more useful, more than just sitting around and spamming heals you know i mean obviously there are points where you kind of have to do that a little bit but um if the at least uh so i have the uh uh, the white mage and the scholar class right now and you know you're dropping debuffs you're dropping damage over time you're dropping regular attacks so on top of healing and all this other stuff so you know, I think it's a little more involved. And not only that, my other thing that I do really like about it is, okay, the 100-man raids are great. Like, obviously, those are a lot of fun. But um, even the smaller dungeons are, are cool, I think, because it's a little more personal. You know, there's only four people. So everybody has to know what they're doing. You have to be on top of your game. You have to know your role. You have to contribute. You know, you really have to try. And I really like that about this game. There's no sitting around waiting for some other people to do stuff. So that, I think it's done really well. Um, and that's really important mm-hmm. for an MMO, obviously. You know, you can play World of Warcraft and play a priest and sit in the back and do nothing the whole game. And, you know, drop shields every now and then. Because there's, you know, literally 100 people, half of you are healers, so... This is it's, it feels more personal, so I think it's done very well. That's why I like it better. Yeah, I've been describing this game as uh, World of Warcraft 3.0. <laughs> this is it's just, funny because it's just so so much better. <laughs> Final Fantasy takes 
things from World of Warcraft, and World of Warcraft takes things from. Oh Warcraft, yeah, yeah. So it's funny that you draw that comparison like that. Yeah, I mean, obviously, World of Warcraft does. It's, I mean, you can't you can't deny that it's a good game. It's just completely blown them away the market. It's the reason MMOs are a thing. Like you can't. Oh, absolutely. You can't yeah. deny the the impact that it's had. I just think that For Final sure. Fantasy. Well, one, see, I'm more into the. I mean, Final Fantasy is obviously still cartoony and a little over the top, but I kind of prefer this aesthetic. It's a little more down to earth, a little more realistic, kind of, you know, relatively, as opposed to cartoonish, yeah. you know, World of Warcraft. Right. Yeah, World of Warcraft is like pure. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, this is just, it's just so much better. Like the graphics are better. The, uh, the I mean, personally, I'm more of a controller guy, so I guess I can't really say much about the controls i find the controls better but i mean it's hard to i, I mean i got your apples to oranges right because we're playing on console mm, right 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 right. well that's the other thing too it also has the advantage of being able to be played on pc and console which world of warcraft doesn't have um, yeah and there's you, you know the it. better features like being able to be the same character and still switch classes mm. and, yeah that is a huge you know, deal to me the like, residential thing i haven't obviously i'm nowhere near ready to get into that but the whole aspect of it just seems so cool to me yeah so i mean um, i just i feel like they took you know the classic mmo and just said we're gonna make this way better and yeah. they did a great job of it. I mean, you got to keep in mind, you know, World of Warcraft is super old now. No, so for sure, yeah. Right, right. It's dated in every yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, they updated the and stuff a few years back, but I tried to play it because I was interested in it just because of how much content there was and is. So I was like, I really want to get into this, but I just couldn't because of how dated it was. Now, when it first came out, I had a friend who had it, now, my computer was, like, old and crappy. I could barely run Counter-Strike. So there was no way I was going to play this game. I played it on his, and back then, I was like, this is amazing. I played it for, like, six hours and didn't even realize the time had passed. I'm like, holy crap. But after playing Final Fantasy and going back and trying to play, wow, I just can't do it. Uh, That's fair. Final Fantasy, it's, just, it's just amazing to me. I mean, I'm a big Final Fantasy fan in general, but they just we know. did a really good job. <laughs> they, they did a really good job with 14 after you know they they basically remade it so yeah uh, you know it's like com- comparing mario kart on the switch to mario kart on the 64 you know what i mean mario kart 64 is always going to hold a special place in my heart but i mean i'm i'm 100 going to play the one on the switch more it's it's you know the way upgraded version of it right. so uh warhound you've got i think you're almost through the first dlc what do you think I, for one, like I said way back in the last podcast with uh, Lunchbox, I like it a lot, way better than ESO. I have played ESO a bunch. Um, I don't like the subscription thing where you can only do it through an app. That's my only big problem. Because ESO, you could do the sub like right there in, inside mm-hmm. the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's, that's a very, very good point. Yeah, that's my biggest gripe, and uh, I guess I'm going on more of a griping fit this time. Um, you know. Uh, yeah, at this point. Just kidding. At this point, you guys know that I'm just going to point out all the crap that I don't like. Um, oh, no, it's good, though. It's good to get that perspective. For me personally, the the 
beginning of the game and like the entire first part of the game before you hit DLC is kind of boring. I just at the end I was like skipping cutscenes because I didn't give a shit at all. Like <laughs> personally, it was good in the beginning, and then like mm-hmm. once you realize you're just going back and forth to the same people, it's like, uh, geez, get me to the first DLC. But as soon as the first DLC popped off, oh, okay, hold up. This is this is where it gets crazy, and then you know dragons start appearing. And whatnot. I'm not going to spoil anything, but wow, please don't. Wow, like <laughs> if you can get through the beginning and the main story of the base game, you're in for a world of <laughs> of a lot of fun. Wow, so you're liking Heaven's Word that much? Yeah, then? way better than what I did in the See, base game. I told you you were going to get hooked because the next expansion is even better than Heaven's Word. And the current one is way better than all of them. So if you're if you're like in Heavensward that much, then you're really in it. Like, yeah. So yeah, you're not going anywhere. I tried um, Dark Knight out, which is a tank class, a few days ago. Uh, I like tanking for sure, but I don't think I like that class specifically. Oh, you're hurting my. But um, <laughs> it, it the game feels like. You should probably go all the way max level with the first class you pick. Otherwise, it starts getting very complicated with like switching gear sets and whatnot. It's kind of annoying. It, it, you're you're better off just going through the game with your first your main pick of a class. Because when I switched to Dark Knight, I was like, this sucks. Like I don't like this rotation. What I have to do. So it's probably the best bet, at least for me, is to familiarize myself so much with Monk to the point where I don't need to think about anything. Yeah. Well, thing, you guys know from For Honor that that's not going to be an issue for me. Yeah. <laughs> I like to be a one-trick pony. About um, you know, you switching from Monk to Dark Knight is that the Dark Knight rotation is easier so it might not necessarily be as fun because it's less involved because tanks, the rotation for tanks isn't going to be as complicated because tanks have to do so much other stuff, whereas DPS just have to do DPS and obviously, you know, not get hit by crap. But, you know, when you're tanking, you got to position correctly. You got to rotate your cooldowns properly. There's specific tank mechanics and then you have to do your damage on top of all that. So, you know, uh, all the tanks are easier to play as far as um, doing their damage rotations go. So that might have something to do with it. But you have access to Gunbreaker now, so you can yeah. try that out as well. And it starts at level 60, I believe. So that's a nice little bonus as well. Yeah, another thing I got. Uh, Launchbox and Knight, you guys are in for it at the end of the base game. Oh, man, the 24-man raids. Raids. That shows you how good this game actually is. Like, not even gonna lie, <laughs> you guys are still doing you know basic stuff, and mm-hmm. I don't even think Knight, you've done an eight man raid yet, have you? No, I think I'm only level forty three, forty four. Even the eight mans, dude. It, uh, it, the game shines, and like once we start raiding, raiding like that, ah, uh, like I got in that twenty four man dungeon, I was like, one the tear up, how awesome that was. Like, this is what the type of gameplay I wanted. In in game certain games like For Honor, like twenty four people actually doing something, not just you know, like you said in uh, 
the hundred man rage. Like you just sit there and do nothing. Everybody's involved, and it's amazing. They did well with this MMO, and can confirms way better than any any MMO I've played. And I played quite a few. And see, that was what I told uh, Pugs at the beginning when I first started. Was well, you know, I can have an opinion. But you kind of can't have an opinion of an MMO until you're at least a certain level. Like right. you literally, can't, yeah. you literally right. can't judge. You can't judge an MMO at level one. You just can't. No, no, no. So I mean, once you once you actually do most of the content, then you can really judge an MMO. And even the beginning part, like even I'm again, I'm almost probably maybe like three quarters of the way, probably to the end of the base and then to the DLC. So. Even what I have now, I mean, there are annoying parts like the sylphs and all that. Annoying. <laughs> but, like, even then, you know, it's it's really not even that bad. So, I mean, I can't... This one's offended. <laughs> yeah, well, this one is going <laughs> to dance for you. Fuck you. Um, <laughs> I'm so, but, I mean, if this is, like, the bad part of the game, like, I mean, that's just telling. Like, that, that, that says everything, honestly. Yeah, to be honest, just like hearing that that information makes me excited because that was uh, my biggest issue with World of Warcraft is it seemed like no matter how deep I got into the game, it was still just kind of the same thing. Well, so it mind wasn't, you, like it never really got I mean, it got a little bit harder, but it never really got more complicated or different. You know, the side quests you get more XP for them in the, the later in the game, but it's the same quests. You're doing the same yeah. thing, right? I mean, the structure isn't going to change much. I mean, like, when you're doing the story, you're going to do side quests, you're going to do story quests, and you're going to do dungeons. But as you get to higher levels, like at level 50, there's a bunch of primal fights that you can do and things, max level stuff that you can do. So there's raids and the 24-man raids and then the primals and then, you know, yeah. there's all this additional stuff you can do. But even so, the story in WoW, it just never really did anything for me. You know what I mean? So to like hearing hear hearing how exciting it is on the DLCs and stuff on this game, now I'm like, oh, I yeah. really want to get there, you know? Yeah. And I, I've i put an embarrassing amount of time into the game. <laughs> and uh, I actually, you know, I really liked the base game, but this was back, you know, when it came out. And I liked it, but it's definitely the weakest part of the game. Uh and it's like I keep telling people, the expansions, it just keeps getting better with every expansion. I don't know how they do it, but it just keeps getting better and better story-wise, uh, dungeon-wise, abilities, classes, everything just keeps getting better and better. And there's just more and more to do. So you guys are in for a nice ride. Like I said, if you guys are already having a pretty decent time, then you're going to be in it for the long run because it gets infinitely better the more that you go. Yeah, I guess I was saying... Yeah. Um, only gripe I got is the, the the paying for it part, and they're still gonna get my money. They like, are. Right, I dropped thirty dollars on a stupid mount, like literally just one mount. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> but three weeks in, folks. But like, it would just be so much easier if they take they took something like that from ESO where I could just pay them in the game because they you could just have my money easier, guys. Like seriously. <laughs> It's just just make it easier for me to give you my money. I think they did it that way because they're using the same setup 
from when they for what they do for Final Fantasy XI, which has been around forever. Yeah. So I always had that external website for it. You get used to it. It's really not so bad. I, you know, for me, it's second nature by now. I get where you're coming from because I know that in other games, you know, it's right there. But I mean, is it really that hard to pick up your phone? No, it is, no. But it doesn't let me in. You know, yeah, well, I don't, that, was, that was because you bookmarked like a page where you like filled in information and you bookmarked it, and it was like it was like one of those things where it was like you have to resubmit the information, so like you kind of infinite looped yourself. So that was kind of a user error thing that I didn't realize right away. But well, that's also like okay, say you're a newer person who's trying to get into it and you see this like weird website that doesn't look familiar. Like, yeah, I feel like that might kind yeah. of turn people away as well. Uh, like, oh, what is this? Like, who is? Who are these people? You sure, this is this is even real? Like, <laughs> I mean, it is. So, I hear you. you know, like people, you know, if you're going into the third party website, don't don't worry about it. Like, it's at, at least to my knowledge, it's safe. Like, hadn't had any issues, but I can see why that would be like a turn off to some people. Yeah, like, I mean, if you've never played MMOs mm. before, seen anything like that before, I can understand how it'd be confusing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, honestly, in my opinion, the worst part about the game is setting up your account and all that. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, but the other well, thing is that if you don't have an account, which I had this problem since I already had an account about the game when it came out, if you don't have an account, uh, generally they have, I don't think it's on right now, but um, they do free trials pretty regularly so you know you can usually get like a free month just give it a shot see i think i think they have free trials and then they'll have like free weekends and the trials i think are up all the time i could be wrong about this because like i said i've been i've i've never done the trial but i think the difference between what i just said is that the trial version is more limited, whereas the free weekend you get like one hundred percent full access to every right, 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 right. So I think that's the difference between the two. I think the I think the free trial is always available. Okay, well, if hey, uh, you know, even better if it is, because I mean that'll give everybody at least a taste of what it is. You know, if you really don't like the gameplay, you know, don't got to worry about it. So I mean, I recommend anyone who is into MMOs give it a shot. Yeah, I mean, you, you you can get pretty addicted in a month. Yeah, that's that's I gotta, what I wanted to say. Go <laughs> I got addicted in three days, like, you know. <laughs> yeah. What were you going to say? Oh, I, I, I didn't want to cut off Lunchbox. Wasn't oh, that's all I was saying. Oh, oh well, I was saying... um. Another thing that kept me here, and the fact that I just wanted to keep going through um, through the story, is the fact that you can play all these classes, and I, I'm so excited to actually try out. For one, I hate magic. Like, I don't hate it. It's cool. I love it. But I never like playing healing or anything like that. But even with this game, I'm like, hmm, this looks cool. Like, I actually want to try that. At least try it. And then you get the options. You don't have to turn around. And go through the entire story again with this character. Yeah. So I'm like, already, you won there because ESO was such a problem with that, dude. Yeah. Seriously. Most MMOs, like even Guild Wars 2, as much as I love it, you have yeah. to start a new character if you want to play a different class. And 
it does suck having to go through this stuff again. So, you know, Final Fantasy fourteen has been out technically for almost eleven years. The the A Realm Reborn has been out for let's see. This will be the eighth year in August. So it's been out for a long time now. And the fact that they realized this and added this feature all the way back then, like back then, it was such a huge deal back then. Like being able to just, you know, once you hit level 10, you can go and pick up whatever classes or crafts that you want. And literally all you have to do is change your gear and save a gear set and you can just swap classes whenever you want. And it's just such a nice thing that you don't have to make a whole new character from scratch, go through the tutorials, you know, go through the whole story over again and all these other things that you have to do in other MMOs just so that you can play another class. Yeah, you, like you had mentioned it was a feature before I had even started playing, but yeah. I, I was actually really surprised that it happened so soon. Like, yeah. you know, after the second um, uh, Marauder Guild quest, it's like, oh yeah, you can do other stuff now. I was like, really? Already? I've barely yeah. done this. Yeah, no, it's nice to have the option. And it's especially nice, like, you know, if you start the game out and you pick a class and you're like, well, I kind of don't want to play this class. I didn't like it like I thought I would. And I did all of these quests and all this other stuff. Now I'm going to have to make a new character. Nope. All you have to do is run to the guild of the class that you want to play and just pick it up and start playing. All you have to do is just level it up again. So, pretty big deal. Uh Another thing that has me excited is uh, it's just cool to have so many people getting into it. Like we got, we got like eight people trying to get into the game now, and I'm like, wow, it just keeps snowballing. Like, like Lunchbox, he wasn't a fan of Final Fantasy in general up until this point, but we were talking about it on the podcast, and he was immediately interested, and he actually started playing. I was like, wow, that's just really cool, and uh, it'll be nice to have a, a consistent group of people to play with because. I do a lot of things with um, random people and it's just frustrating because they rage quit really easily and they're really quick to bite your head off. And so you'll sit there and wait 20 minutes or so to get a group together to do some end game content just to go in there and die like three times. You know, you spend 20 minutes fighting and then everybody just rage quits and leaves. So then you have to sit there for another 15, 20 minutes to get more people so that you can go in, fight it a few more times, and have people rage quit and leave. So it's just really frustrating because I feel like I spend more time getting the crap together than I do actually doing the content. So that's, that's why it'll be nice to have a bunch of people I know to play consistently. So I'm pretty happy that you guys are getting into it as much as you are i wasn't sure how any of you were going to get into it because i know i'm like incredibly biased towards the game and i love it to death but you know i could see how some people would be like eh, you know whatever lukewarm but i mean you guys are you guys are really playing you guys are really into it <laughs> yeah i mean to, to be honest uh if it wasn't for the fact that i had you guys to go in with i probably wouldn't I, I never, I mean, obviously I never would have got it because you guys got me into it, but it's not the type of game, like even the beginning stuff when I was doing it by myself, just having you guys in the party, you know, kind of hanging out while I was doing it and playing the same game, it made it like 
easier to get through, you know? Yeah, that's the other thing, just the community. Like, you know, just the random crap. Like, uh, our friend Jessica, she started playing yesterday. Oh, did she finally start playing? She'd never... Yeah, she'd never played anything like it before. So, like, a lot of the mechanics and all the information dump that was going on was kind of a little frustrating to her because, you know, it's all new and, you know, she'd never played uh, an MMO or a bunch of RPGs or this, that, and the other. So it's, like, really new to her. So I'm sitting there, like, explaining things to her and uh, trying to, you know, get her used to the mechanics and stuff. But the point is, you know, we were just flying around I was getting her the different teleport crystals in all the areas and stuff. And we, it was uh, me, Warhound, Drummer, and her all just chilling in my regalia car, just flying around, acting stupid, just getting these crystals, doing like nothing fun in game, realistically. Like, you know, it's just boring because I'm just flying them to crystals. But we were having fun because we were all hanging out and they were doing stupid crap in the car, like emoting and giggling and all this crap. I'm like, all right, all right. Don't make me turn this car around. <laughs> the community aspect of it definitely enhances it. And oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, even like GTA, I loved GTA. I have days and days in that game, but the amount of time that I spent it by myself, very, very little. Mm-hmm. I always had people I was on with, right? Which is, that, that's why I'm there. I'm there to play games with friends, right? I, you know, I... When I'm, I'm working night shift, I got to stay up all night. I can't stay up all night and game by myself. I'll pass out. You know, mm-hmm. that's why I like to play games like For Honor and, and Call of Duty and, you know, games that we can play together. Right. Well, that is the uh, MMO well, uh, for you. I'm just really excited to do the endgame content because I enjoy the endgame content, even having those frustrations with random people. But, like, being able to do it with you guys and, you know, we'll screw around here and there and stuff like that. We'll get frustrated. We're going to die a lot. But it's going to be fun because, you know, I know you guys are going to be up to par and willing to learn the stuff and that you're not going to, you know, bail on me after 20 minutes. So I think the game's just going to be enhanced that much more for me personally, just having you guys around. So I'm looking forward to everybody getting to that point where we can really start doing the meat of the game. Because it's funny because you guys are on the story and, you know, there's a good bit of story there to do, especially with all the expansions and what have you. But the real game comes after you catch up and then you can just kind of go around and be like, wow, look at all this other stuff there is to do. Let's go back and do these raids or, you know, let's do the current raids or let's try ultimates. (laughs) 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 So I'm really looking forward to that. I I have a question, actually night for you how, how are you liking the balance between going from dps to uh or no going from mage to dps i want to know how that feels for you let's just say don't spend too much time on one if you're going to switch back and forth because it's almost too easy to switch back and forth it really kind of because both of those even going from summoner to scholar which are essentially the same class one is a healer one is a dps i mean it plays totally different it just feels different your mentality has to be different so like if you're 
if you're going to do something like that, I, I picked that because I, I always really like healing, but I also love uh, the summoning, honestly, in this game. It's one of the best classes, in my opinion. But going back and forth, I love having the option, but it can, it does throw me off sometimes. And, you know, so you're playing the healer, and the healer uses so much more magic, so you got to watch your MP a lot more, and... But that's kind of nice to be able to sit back and just kind of do damage and kill ads and, you know, not have to worry about other people being alive, you know. But then you have those moments, too, where even as the summoner, but especially as a healer, where, oh, shit, my entire party wiped. Let me get that res real quick or, you know, though, though, yeah, oh, my God, those are the best moments. That's me feel like a god. Wasn't yes. that in Cutter's Cry yes. when we were fighting yes. Hera? Like everybody was dropping and you literally saved the yes. day. You saved the day, you kept resin people, and then eventually everybody died and I was the last one left. And yeah, I, I think like, it's like the last five percent. Which hey, it doesn't get old. Like, okay, this is this is like seven and a half years right. old content. And I'm still getting excited whenever I'm the last one left and there's five percent left and I'm able to finish the boss without getting screwed because you know you can still mind you i'm very experienced with the game and you know i've done raids and stuff like that so that fight really isn't particularly difficult for me but i was kind of lagging a little bit and you know if i'd gotten hit by one thing like yeah you would have been dead yeah i'd have been screwed that would have been it and it's not that big of a deal because you know the fight only takes a few minutes but it's still just exciting because that, that you can actually do something like that that you could be the last one left and just finish it off so that yeah, was fun clutch it yeah, but back to what you were saying, like, it's really cool that you can be playing Summoner and that you can just pick people up. And honestly, if you played Red Mage, it's even easier because Red Mage's mechanic has, like, double cast. So if you cast a spell, your next one is basically instant. So to res people, all you have to do is just cast something and then instant That's kind of nice. So people, people just call it Res Mage. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty cool. But like, that's the thing is, both are just as involved. So I can't just go from DPS and then go to healer and then feel like, oh well, I'm just not going to do anything or I'm just going to be bored, like whatever. Like you do have to think while doing both. You just have to think in different ways. So mm-hmm. honestly, if you're if anyone's on the fence about magic, that's what I would recommend. Um, because those are the nice thing about playing summoner and scholar is they level up together. So yes, you can, you can play your DPS for 40 levels and the healer will level up with you for 40 levels. So the only thing is you're going to have to do the, the class mission so you can get the different spells and stuff, but still, it makes it a lot easier if you're all kind of on the fence about being DPS or healer. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it, it's always funny to me because it's a unique aspect to Arcanist, which is the starting version of both of those. It's the only class in the game mm-hmm. that branches like that. And I always thought it was cool that, you know, if you level up Summoner, you're also leveling, leveling Scout. So you have two roles right there that you can switch back and forth between and you know you can fill in roles based on what what your team needs mm-hmm. or whatever you want to do so it's just neat that it works like that. 
summoner in general. I like the aesthetics and God. the summons have gotten better over the years. Like Bahamut and Phoenix are cool. The rotations on like, summoner though are are ugh. oh my god, they're insane. Yeah, it's really involved, especially when you get to max level. There's a lot going on, and it actually feels really unique. I mean, all the classes feel unique, but I think Summoner stands out the most just because of how mm-hmm. much is going on. Like, you have to put your dots up, you have to control your pets, making them do stuff, and you have to make sure you, you know, you're going into your stance and that you're reapplying your ether flow stacks and that you're using those at the right time and all these things going on at the same time. It's pretty crazy. Uh, please look forward to it. They're um, nights. Have a lot of fun. Oh yeah, I'll probably do. Uh, once I finish this, I might finish the white mage, and then if I want to do another healer, I'll do the uh, astrologist probably because that it actually does look like a cool class. Yes. Astrologist is very cool. But yeah, that's very how cool. that's how I feel about that change. How does he feel going from DPS to tank? Uh, for me personally, I haven't tried. Like I literally, in the middle of us talking, went to go pick up Gunbreaker. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's doing it right now. He's playing okay. the game right, like, right now. He's so addicted that he's uh, playing the game I all around. But I just wanted to do it, go do it and pick it up. But I'll probably get back to you guys on figuring out what happens with Gunbreaker. It seems like it's going to be an awesome class. Um, tanking, personally, I, I started out and played ESO the entirety of uh, what a thousand hours I play tank no matter what so I know what you need to do as a tank and I know how I don't know how to do it with these classes specifically but I know what what's what needs to be done as a tank so going from this kind of DPS with like I the rotation of monk is so in-depth like if you do wrong one wrong thing you just mitigated your damage to a thousand instead of you hitting at, at like five thousand or whatnot so, like uh, Pug said, it's probably going to be a little bit slower for me in terms of rotation and not as involved. But it's all, it's also that sweet uh, sweet part is that it's still going to be – it doesn't need to be, like, crazy DPS because you're not – I'm not a DPS anymore. Oh, no. I've seen tanks do more DPS See, than DPS. Yeah, that, so you that's can why I'm excited numbers. to do tank because I can still – like, with ESO's tank, you nothing. You can't do any damage. It's just how they made the game. No matter how hard you tried, you were not going to solo like, like you did when you soloed that boss. But you would not do that in ESO. You couldn't. They won't, it's not allowed. So even just hearing that, it's like, if I can out DPS DPSs with my tank, that's going to be fun. And I'm going to look forward to that. Now, mind you, like, if you're a top-notch tank and you're comparing yourself to a top-notch yeah, yeah, you're not going to be able to out but there's a lot of people that really don't meet their potential. So, I mean, I can definitely see you because I know you're going to put in the effort and whatnot. You don't want to be crap at the game. So you're definitely going to be doing more damage than a lot, of, a lot of DPS. And that is fun. And that's another cool thing about the game is everybody needs to do damage because if you're doing endgame content and you got somebody who's not doing damage, like if you got a healer that's only healing, and they're getting carried. Even if they're keeping people alive and doing mechanics, they're still getting carried because they're not putting out the damage. And that means that other people are having to stop extra. 
all of these fights have a DPS chip, meaning even if you're doing all the mechanics right, you'll still fail the fight if you don't kill it within a certain amount of time. Called enrage. Basically, when you get towards the end of a fight, the boss will just instantly kill everybody if you don't kill it. Better. So, everybody needs to be doing damage. Everybody needs to know how to play their class. And that's what I like about it. It's also what makes it frustrating with random too, because there are so many people that just don't put in the effort, and there's no way to filter them. They can just go in, unlock the crap, and do it. And it's like, you shouldn't even be here. Yeah. But yeah, uh, tanks can do damage, healers can do damage, everybody can do damage. So it's exciting for everybody. I think that's what makes healing in this game more fun than other games because as a white mage, you can do a lot of damage too, and you can also out damage DPS. The white mage is so strong. So. You know, it, it it gives you an extra layer of satisfaction knowing that, hey, look, I'm keeping everybody alive. I'm doing all these mechanics. And I'm still doing more damage. Than the scrub <laughs> <over again. laughs> uh, I'm doing my best. Yeah, I I will say that healing will probably be the last thing that I pick up just because I I don't really I'm not interested, but I also am, in a way, just because. Well, you can but, be interested in the aesthetics and the way it looks, and, you know, that's kind of what attracts people to certain classes to begin with, you know? Summoner, now, that attracted the hell out of me. I do want to try that, but that's not that's not a healing class. It is if you, you know, branch off like you and Pugs were saying. But... Not the Summoner itself, though? <laughs> no, 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 no. You, you need to let him show you the full rotation on that. It just it you just can't even see you can't even see bugs because he's just surrounded by just everything. This oh yeah yeah, there's just uh, magic he, he coming out. Oh my god, like just yeah, he's got like Bahama behind him, the Phoenix, Afraid. He's throwing four spells. They're throwing four spells. It's just insane, dude. It's so much fun. Yeah, it's crazy. So I'm real excited. It's really hard. Oh though. yeah, yeah, for really sure. Hard. There's. Uh, so Watch videos. There's another uh, legendary game that we've uh, we've recently discussed getting involved in. Uh huh. Called Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, yeah. We've been. Uh, I, was, I know it's come up a few times between us here and there uh, about wanting to, like us specifically, to form a party, and it seems like it might finally be happening. I need to. I'm ready to get yeah, back I'm, into that, man. Ugh, it's been a long time. I want to, and I have wanted to, but it's a little overwhelming for me. Like, I've played games that follow the D&D rule set, like video games, but I've never actually played D&D. And I want to point out that I actually am not very good at those games. So <laughs> I'm kind of scared. I mean, it sounds fun. I think, you know, I've got the imagination and the personality to really get into it and make it a good time, but... Uh, I'm a little overwhelmed, but I'm looking forward to it. So my biggest attraction to it is the fact that you can, you know, you can literally do whatever you want. You know, it's, you could, if you want to, you could totally derail the, the DM's campaign if that's what you guys decide to do, you know what I mean? Yeah. At all. Like, we've had times where, you know, we're talking, we're 
you know, in a situation and we're talking and uh, we're, you know, about killing this guy in the, in the inn. And the DM's like, yeah, you, you probably shouldn't do that. And we're like, no, nah, we're going to do it. It's fine. Don't worry about it. And he's like, no, but for real though, like if, if you kill that guy, the night's over. Like it's going to destroy all my content. We're like, ah, damn. All right. Well, I guess we're not going to kill that guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but if we wanted to, we could still kill that guy and be like, well, night's over. Figure it out from there. <laughs> you know, uh, we had uh, one character in one of our games that was uh, going behind us after we left places and he was doubling back and, and burning shit to the ground just because. Oh, yeah. Uh, you can, you can like, you know, not people, just like random cabins and stuff that we had visited and there was nobody there and we collected all the loot and then we left and he was like, oh, hang on a sec. Uh, you know, I'll be right back. And he'd just go back and burn it because he can. You know, I have one character that uh, he's a monk. So at a certain level, a monk can walk on water. So we were on a ship going out to the islands and uh, randomly I asked the DM, I'm like, so I'm like, if I tie a rope around my waist and jump off the back of the boat, like kind of do a flip and land facing the boat on my, like on my feet, can I barefoot water ski? And he's just looking at me and he's like, I mean, I guess, but why? And I'm like, I don't know, why not? And I ended up, I, you know, I just absolutely nailed it and I gained huge uh, reputation with the crew. They all loved me. I was, you know, the, the star of the, the rest of the voyage because I was the cool, you know, character that jumped off the ship and water skied on my feet. And I mean, that was, it's just something I decided to throw into the story. Like you can, you know what I mean? It's just, it. we, we were playing last night and, uh, so there's two barbarians in that party. There's myself, who's a Goliath, who's about, the Goliaths are about seven to eight feet tall. Biggest, biggest class you can have, as far as I know. Um, and the other guy was a gnome barbarian. And we ended up, we got tricked by the DM and we were heading the way we were supposed to go. Meanwhile, all of our uh, magic users, who are squishier, got flanked. So... I turned to the, you know, the gnome and I was like, you know, you remember that thing we were talking about the other day? Like, do you want to do that now? And he's like, just started laughing and he's like, yeah, let's do it now. So you know, we discussed it with the DM and I yeeted the gnome 72 feet across the map. <laughs> and he, he one hit one of the, the bigger, like the tanks of the, the enemies, right? Just in one shot, boom, dead. And next thing you know, we're, we're not flanked anymore. We're back in the battle. If you just basically like whatever you come up with, you could just, if you think it's completely out of, like out of the realm of possibility, you just ask the DM and be like, Hey, can I do this? Or, you know, can I roll for that or whatever? And he'll either be like, no, you're out of your mind or he'll tell you what to roll for it or whatever. Right. Like it's just so it just, it brings out so much creativity out of you the fact that like yes you're it's like a you know a video game where you're playing in this world but at the same time like you're molding the world as you go yeah uh, pugs if anybody in here would be attached to that it's gonna be you for sure no you're you're i think you're gonna have probably the most fun out of anybody here i think it's definitely more to your personality <laughs> where you can kind of be whoever you want i know what you mean about feeling overwhelmed 
but at the same time, like, like I said, if we're starting, we're starting we're at not level gonna be one, doing anything so, complicated. you know, it's like starting at Final Fantasy where, you know, as a Marauder, the only thing I can do is, is heavy strike. Uh-huh. So you're just going to go and, you know, heavy strike, whatever, until you get to level two, and then it'll give you one other attack. And then you'll, you know, like I was saying earlier, once you hit level three, you pick a subclass. And that's kind of when you start to really develop your character. And, you know, from then on, every level, you get a little bit more and a little bit more. And it gets to the point where, you know, you got all kinds of crap you can do and you don't even remember what it is anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it, it happens slowly mm. and gradually, right? Uh-huh. Now, uh, so if you guys had any tips for new people, what would you say? Like, I mean, like, I'm talking like completely just green, new, freaking don't really know much about anything other than, you know, that it's interesting and it sounds fun. Like, do you have any tips or anything like that? Um, I mean, as far as like picking a character or in general, really? So, I mean, picking a class, picking a class is a big deal. That I mean, that's the hardest kind of thing at the beginning. So my first my first two characters, I would say I kind of got walked into. It wasn't until I made like a third and a fourth character that I started branching out and like really like, you know, it, it, the one character I made, it was there was probably about six hours of of research and planning before I even started making a character. Mm. So, I mean, that. That can be a lot. Yeah, that's what so I would say. Scary part for me. Yeah, I would say like your your first character, just maybe, you know, keep it simple. Mm. Don't go like you know I'm gonna play this super crazy advanced thing that I'm planning right from the start. Keep it simple, you know. Pick your class, pick your race, anything you have to pick at level one. Pick that. Don't worry about what you're gonna do later. You can figure that out as you go. And then you know, later on down the road, you can be like, damn, I wish I had done this. But hey pick up a new game, do it again. Or, you know, odds are at some point your character's probably going to die and then you can make a new one and, and do something different, you know, with more experience. But I would say definitely for your first one, just, just keep it simple and, and pick what you pick as you pick it. A good way that I like to go about it, if I'm not sure what I want to do is you kind of almost make it backwards like come up with the character's like RP story first and then build a route map. So like if you have, okay, yeah. say you want to have like a character who's haughty and, you know, arrogant or whatever. Okay. Go like wizard or barbarian. Cause it's easier to build a class around that with those personalities. Like you can kind of build it backwards. That's how I like to do it. Yeah. I, yeah. I see what you mean. If you have like you a can, personality can, in mind, and you can kind of pick a class exactly. to go then with it's a that little easier for you to be able to because like like if you want to be an untrustworthy untrustworthy exactly. dirtbag you just play a rogue I mean you can obviously do that with any class but <laughs> to me if you're starting out exactly yeah but it fits a rogue you know if you want to be that friendly guy that everybody loves you play a bard yeah so that's that would be my advice. My other advice to you, and this is from personal experience, don't take the game too seriously, but don't not take the game seriously enough either. Like, it's not hard to find that balance, in my opinion, mm-hmm. but there is a balance. So, you know, 
if you're playing, oh, we actually were playing a, a Lord of the Rings version of D and D, which is actually really good, by the way. If you ever, uh, I think it's called Adventures of Middle Earth. If you're ever interested in that, um, yeah, no, it's that amazing. So if we ever get done with D and D, we'll definitely do that because I have the whole set. Um, but we had a, a person who we did it with, and every everyone, you know, they took it just about the, the right amount of serious, and it was it was fun. It was re- it's actually really well made. But then there's that one guy who, yeah, he completely breaks the immersion by, oh well, I'm gonna summon a B fifty two bomber and kill all the orcs. Like, just don't don't do that. Like, just that's. I know you're not gonna do that, but like, yeah. We we've had guys on both exactly. ends of the spectrum because we've had to to dip into Facebook groups to to fill our party from time to time, and uh, we've had guys on both ends of the spectrum. Guys that were like, you know, way too serious and mm. by the book with the rules called... and stuff, and we're like, yeah, that's that's not how we play. Our DM is our DM. He makes right. the rules and he does it this way. And it got to the point where that guy quit because he couldn't handle us. And then we've had guys on the other side where they just, you know, they're frustrated. Like we're having fun with it, hundred percent. But they're, exactly. like you said, they're frustrating us. And He's we're just like, more hey, annoying. It's just not work. like that's the thing. Just don't take it too seriously. But don't take, don't don't not take it seriously at all. Which again, I don't think you'll have a problem with since mm-hmm. you obviously have experience with RPGs and all that stuff. But just that is probably the biggest game ruiner because if you were to sit there and go oh well i have a question about this that's not going to break anyone's immersion that's not going to ruin anyone's experience so Mm -hmm. no no you're talking about more just like have fun where it makes sense like i said like when i jumped off the boat you you still but you're just cruising your ship we weren't doing anything so i was like hey i'm gonna do this cool thing and everyone was like that's hilarious you were still taking the game into account though okay now i can walk on water clearly like maybe i can push the boundaries a little bit but you're still taking you're you're still in the universe though you're not taking yourself out of the universe yeah but honestly that's kind of really the only two big things i kind of would recommend just based on my personal experience because everything else is just experience with time you know playing your your own way and you can pretty much get away with it. Yeah. Um, the, uh, as far as gameplay itself, um, investigation and perceptions are, are mm-hmm. huge keys to success. You know, if you walk into a room and you go, you know, uh, I'm going to investigate the room. The DM is going to be like, okay, always do that. For, don't forget you know, about investigation. Just don't forget. You roll. That. You could. You could get a great role, but the DM's going to be like, yeah, you know, there's a, there's a table over here. There's a picture on the wall. There's a fireplace. You know, there's a box in the corner. But if you go in the room and you go, you know, I want to investigate for loot. So then you're looking for a specific thing, right? You're not just looking around the room. You're looking with a purpose. Mm-hmm. So you kind of want to like be a little more specific with the things you say. Right, because the DM's gonna, you know, well, for us at the beginning, he'll probably, you know, knowing that some people don't have any experience, he'll probably be like a little more giving with shit like that. But, oh, that will fuck with you. They will fuck with you if they can. But like, uh, like we had, we had uh, one one room I investigated, 
And I was investigating around and, you know, he's talking about there's this and there's that and whatever, and there's a carpet on the ground and, and blah, blah, blah. And in a previous game, um, my character personally had a flying carpet, like full Aladdin style flying carpet. Right. So when he's going around, he's, he says there's a carpet on the ground and this and that. And I'm like, you know, I stopped him. And I'm like, well, what's with the carpet? And he's like, what do you mean? It's a carpet. It's on the ground. It's not doing anything. So I'm like, I'm going to investigate the carpet. And he's like, well, how are you investigating the carpet? So I'm like, oh, I'm just going to go over and like, you know, kind of lift it at the corner and, 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 you know, play with its tassel. And then the, you know, the carpet flinched away when I was pulling at its tassel. And I was like, ah, I knew it, you know, <laughs> but if I hadn't thought to de dig deeper, we would have just, I mean, literally walked over the carpet and kept going. So Warhound, I'm, I'm, I know you said you played like what two sessions, maybe. So I'm curious as to what your one experience is and two, what you hope to do when we start. Uh, well, the, the experience was kind of just like introducing me to rules and whatnot, but that was like three or four years ago. Mm -hmm. And I don't really remember, I don't even know what I played. All I know is that. We did like a two night thing where he was just explaining stuff. And we were going to like small little dungeons and whatnot. And, uh, it was just four of us, so every single one of us never played it before, and we pretty much just ended it because nobody knew what we were really supposed to do. And the DM wasn't explaining like we what we needed, but. I get it a lot better now. I understand because so, I looked up rules and whatnot, but I still. Were you playing like a close range character I, or were you? Honestly, I don't know. All I know is I, I punched a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. You're a monk. Definitely. <laughs> That's yeah. It sounds like a monk. <laughs> it is definitely a class you can play. Oh, monks get monks can get so fucking oh, monks, overpowered. Monks My are God. amazing, man. Like they, <laughs> they're they're dumb. Oh yeah, mine's mine's level sixteen, and uh, I mean I I'm at the point now where I uh, I think it's, I don't visually age. I think is what it is. So I'm getting older, but I don't look old. Um, I don't need to eat or drink to sustain myself anymore. I can speak every language. I could literally, like, if I'm walking towards a wall, I could just turn and start walking up the wall and then get to the ceiling and do the same thing, and I can just walk across the ceiling. Like, like the amount of things that you can do with a monk is just, Definitely it's outrageous. In that, per se, when we play. A, yeah, a lot of DMs uh, wow. ban monks. Yeah, for, reason. for sure. No, or they'll ban like monk subclasses specifically because like, oh, what's, old? what's that one? I think it's like a dark, dark something, uh, shadow monk or something. I can't remember. There's a subclass where I I know what you mean. It's yeah, the, yeah. Oh my god, that thing just one shots just all bosses. I mean, that thing is dumb. People ban that a lot. So, but I don't think we'll have that problem. Yeah. Yeah, no, um, all, I mean, all three of the guys that I know that DM are, are pretty easygoing. Like they'll, they'll more or less, cause they like to be mm -hmm. creative with characters as well. So right. they're not going to stop you from doing it. Like the one DM, he ended up, he didn't really get to use it much, but he basically there's some, okay. So with the newest expansion, 
they put out a build for I think it's a barbarian. It's a barbarian, but it's it's crossed with another class, and you can build it a certain way. It's so essentially, it's basically Goku. <laughs> when you get him to like a high level, he's you're basically Goku. And you know the DM the the DM was like, yeah, go for it. Like <laughs> I don't care, build that character. You know, grow him, make him a beast. But like my. My three DMs that I play with all kind of have the same mentality. It's, you know, the more OP you are, the bigger right, monsters right. I can throw at you. So, you know, they'll hand us, you know, these OP weapons and they'll let us take these feats that, you know, other DMs might not allow. But just be warned, the stronger you make yourself, the harder the enemies are going to be. Because uh, they're all three of them have said their goal is basically to... They want the party to succeed, but they basically want to push you to the brink of death. Sounds amazing. Yeah, so they want to make the the you know the combat as hard as they can without actually, you know, killing the whole party, which has happened once. <laughs> but ah, that's that was fine. Loose. It's all about the rolls anyway. At that point, especially when you're at that high level. Yeah. Well, luckily. Um, two of us this is this is the same game where we have two barbarians and it was actually the two barbarians that ended up uh we succeeded on our uh death saves so for those who don't know what that is once you you go down to zero hp you're not dead you're considered unconscious so then you have every turn you roll a straight d20 if you get 10 or less then that's uh one one death if it's uh, 11 or higher, that's one save, right? So it's either, sorry, not a death, a fail or a save. So if you get three fails, you're dead. If you get three saves, you're stabilized. So you won't die. Hmm. That's cool. And, and so two of the, the, me and the other barbarian were the only ones out of the party that managed to get our death saves. So instead of when you get your death saves, if you get all three successes, you're supposed to come back to life with one HP. But we're both barbarians in, you know, an unwinnable situation. So for the sake of continuing the game, he just said, you know, you came back to life and uh, the boss basically just dragged us away and imprisoned us. And then we were a prisoner there. We, I think we ended up, we were stuck in that dungeon for like six months as prisoners and then you know the the other party members created new characters who we met because they were fellow prisoners and then we ended up uh somebody came when the the boss wasn't there and set us free or something so we could continue on right but that we had at least kept two of the original members so any storylines or whatever that we were working on we could continue with without you know having a dumb reason to continue with them because all the you know all the party yeah. members are dead you talked about expansion and whatnot. How do you, like, I know it's an imagination thing, but how do you play it? What do you mean expansion? Okay, so when I say expansion, I mean over the years they've added new classes who, and new subclasses and, you I'm, know, new features. The company that makes D&D. &D. Um, uh, the D&D &D gods? What? You still like what do you mean like are they just saying this stuff no 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 they'll print it out in books so like no they 
Yeah, so they put out a new book. So the yeah, new one Tasha's was, Cauldron. Tasha's, Cauldron. Yeah, Tasha's Bottomless Cauldron. Cauldron or yeah. So it's a book. It's like 30 or 40 bucks or whatever, but it'll, when you buy the book, it's got all of the new subclasses that they've added, all of the new features that they've added. So now these are things that you can build a character with. Or the, so features you get every certain amount of levels. It'll t- tell you you can either take an ASI or a feature. So the ASIs are, you have your six base stats. So you get two points. You can either add two onto one stat or you can add one onto one and one onto another or whatever, whatever's going to help your character, right? Or you can go pick a feat off of a list, which there's, I mean, there's tons of those. You can read that list for like an hour picking uh, picking through the features and stuff, right? But you find one that's good for your class, like uh, for Barbarian, a key feature is tough. So you gain a certain amount of extra HP points right off the bat. And then you gain a certain amount more every level that you get because you've taken tough as a feat. You know, there's other ones that give you advantage on certain roles. There's some that do things for magic stuff. You know, there's all kinds. So you just got to pick and choose which ones fit your character. But, you know, feats are something you don't start taking those until probably like level. I think it's seven. I think it's seven. Maybe seven, I think might be the. Yeah, I think seven's the first one. Like, there's other spots where you can get an ASI before that, but at that point, the ASI is more valuable to your character. So you would just kind of, you know, build your key stats. So for uh, Barbarian, it's uh, Strength and Constitution are two, like, your two key stats. So you want to take an ASI to kind of boost those up a little bit and make yourself a little beefier, and then you worry about, like, picking basically, stuff later like, on. But what basically, you, like, what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to I mean you're gonna to want to at least get a the player handbook and probably like a, you can get like a starting pack which will give you like a, a free dungeon uh like quick a quick rule book you know stuff like that I think I have like a DM set too so it comes with like a place to hold notes and stuff um, but basically, all of everything you do in D anD D, you can literally make any yeah. of this up. All you, all you want, you can make up the stats, feats, whatever. The books are your preset. Like, okay, this is a predetermined thing that we're going to use. So that's when it's like, okay, we, they come out with another book. Like, people will pick up on that so, and then use it in their stuff. But you don't have to. Do, do the books make? Being DM less intimidating. Yes, yes, and no, because the the DM book's kind of big, so like there's a lot in there, but it it literally tells you what to do. So it's like okay, if especially if it's like you'll you'll because you'll get like a um, if you buy dungeon books, it'll literally tell you what to say verbatim as the narrator. It'll tell you okay. The adventures are going into this room. This is what's in this room. If they ask perception, yes, and, stop them exactly. here. Read this part. So it'll before literally they go in through step thing, by step right? what to but, do. Um, but a lot of those, a lot of those books will take mm-hmm. you up to like say level five. Okay. Right. So you know you played up to level five. That's great. So you can either end the campaign and go start a new one and do a different book. Or the DM can start homebrewing his own shit okay. for those same characters to keep to carry into. And that's where, I, that's where I was saying earlier about like 
you know, uh, the DMs will pick stuff out of your backstory. So one of my characters' backstory was he's a pirate. Or he was a pirate. And I wrote this whole backstory about, you know, because I was a barbarian, I was, you know, the strongest pirate on the crew. A lot of the crewmen were jealous. So we found a treasure map. We went to go get the treasure. And the... There was, I think, two of them that were there, two or three of them. And they were like, oh, you know, you're big and strong. Why don't you go that way? We'll stick together and we'll go this way. And they found the treasure and they dicked off and left me there and told the captain I got killed. Which the captain and the first mate loved me because I was, you know, strong and I destroyed all their enemies. And, you know, they they thought I was great. So they're like, ah, damn, you know, Grok's dead. Oh, well, let's go. So I got left there. So, and then later on, the DM, like, plucked those characters out of my backstory and made a whole, you know, session about that, basically. So we had to kind of track them down for because, for piracy because I got busted for piracy and I basically got told to fight for the good guys or I'm forever imprisoned. So I was like, all right, well, fight for the good guys it is then. <laughs> So, you know, we actually had to go after my old crew and I had to face off with the two guys that dicked me over and I inevitably had to capture my captain, my old captain and first mate, which kind of sucked, but it is what it is, right? So, that, yeah, that's what I was saying about the homebrew content, right? The, the DMs, like, the, the better your backstory is, the more the DM has to pluck to use to cater the game more towards your character as opposed to, you know... Joe Blow, who has a, a five-sentence backstory, mm -hmm. he's not going to get much story because there's nothing for the DM to use. Um, but yeah, so if you're interested in DMing, absolutely get the books, for sure. Monster Handbook is useful, too. Yeah, you should definitely... You should send me some stuff. Like, what, what I should get. I have some. Let me go look. Um, but yeah, there's a... I, I strongly meant recommend like oh, playing yeah. as a player no, no, first. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I imagine some of this material would be helpful. Well, you as well. you need the player's handbook to play yeah. just I mean, in uh, general, so you some... you need that. I mean, I don't I don't have one. You, you kind of do. Like, okay. Especially, I mean, especially if you're playing online, all of that stuff. Is available for Do they have right everything on Roll20? On the whole handbook? Um, I'm not sure exactly what. So I know my DM has bought yeah, I know a bunch you of the books on, on Roll20 so that we can just we mm -hmm. can just pluck stuff like you know right from there. But for for stuff that's not in the book, uh, you can you basically just it's all on the internet anyway. So you can just copy it off the internet and paste it into Roll20. So in a certain area, like when you're picking your subclass, right? If it's if you want a subclass that's not on Roll20, you just go and pick the crap off the internet and paste it into Roll20 and you just don't pick a subclass. See, yeah, that's what I'm... It was, if, I feel like that was... When I tried to do that, it, was, it got complicated. I don't know. It was weird. I don't remember enjoying that very much because it was like a lot of the stuff you had to buy and then... Trying to find stuff on the internet can be a pain because again you have to buy it most of the time. Like, well, I literally I just googled whatever. So, my one, one my one barbarian is, um, I think it's Path of the Totem Warrior or something like that. And 
literally I just looked it up and I was like, okay, I need to pay attention to my subclass at level, you know, six, eight and 11 or whatever the case was. So when I would hit that level, I'd go look at my subclass and be like, okay, this is where I got to do, add this onto my sheet and whatever. Right. So it's, I mean, it's not bad. I get what you're saying that it's, it can be a pain because you got to remember to go and look for the stuff instead of rule 20 prompting you to do it. I mean, I guess if you're but, like, I feel like if, if you're brand, brand new to the game, I don't know. Like if rule 20 has it on there, then definitely go that way for sure. And I think you. Yeah. Well, like I said, but that's the thing is you have to, the DM the has to buy the books on rule 20 oh, and then all the players have was, access that's to them. I didn't know. Because the DM. Okay. No, 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 that actually, that actually makes it easier then. Um, uh, right. So I have one DM that bought the books on right, 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 twenty. Right. The other There's two also just uh, D&D Beyond, I think. Again, you can you have to pay for some of it, but you can also do it through there, I think. And then literally, you can change the stats on there and stuff. So, I mean, you're right. There's there's definitely ways to do it. Yeah, most of the stuff on Roll Twenty, mm-hmm. like when you level up, it does yeah, it automatically. Right like the ASIs and, mm-hmm. you know, and your HP and all that kind of stuff. It'll do all that. But like I said, if you're picking classes and stuff or subclasses that aren't in, yeah, or there's true. some races as well that aren't in there. So if you, I mean, you're, you're welcome to pick those races, but you just, you have to make sure you're keeping track of certain things, right? Yeah, I wouldn't. So, and that's why I was saying for a first character, my advice is keep it simple. So you don't have to, you know, fight and claw to to figure your shit out. This has been another episode of the Mediocre Gaming Super Friends Committee. Follow us on Facebook at the Mediocre Gaming Super Friends Committee and on Twitter at MGSFC Gaming.